0: Hello and welcome to the Hammersley Brothers e-commerce Podcast. This week, Ian and I are going to dive into the myth that there's a one size fits all for e-commerce sites. So let's get started. Hello, Ian. How are you?
1: Hey, Mark. I'm excellent. How are you doing?
0: I'm all right. Yeah, good. Um, today we wanted to touch on a, a topic called, that we kind of touched on a little bit before called one size, well, no one size fits at all. Um, and we wanted to go into our views on that and how, why a site would be different and when it would be different and what would be different. Because um, sometimes, you know, setting a site up in one way uh, and then copying that and putting on a completely different business would ruin the business. So you want to yeah. dive into that and, and kick that off for us, you that would yeah. be awesome.
1: Yeah, there's a, it's, there's a pattern that happens, and it's, there's a sort of nuance of e-commerce that well, there's, well, there's a feeling in e-commerce that one size fits all, that if you apply something on one site, it will work across everybody's sites. And that can often be a huge disaster. So, so essentially, if you look, if you walk down the high street, you know, and you look at different shops, if you walk into a couple of shops, you know, they're all, they're all laid out different. If you go in, go out shopping and you see, you walk into McDonald's versus pizza express. Now you expect them to be laid out different, don't you know? It's a very different experience. McDonald's is designed to have fast food in out quick. Um, It's, and pizza express is, is more of an experience you know, it's, it's, a, it's laid out differently. It's, mu- it's a much different experience. And that's quite, you know, that's an extreme example. And, but if you look at a couple of other, other examples, look at Screwfix Direct. Screwfix Direct is a store that sells fixtures and fittings for DIY hammers and, you know, tools and screws and bolts, nuts and bolts, that kind of thing, widgets and stuff. And that is a store, there's probably about 800 in the UK now it's a it's a very successful model, but it's laid out absolutely to get people in and out quick. They know what they want. You know, there's no real expertise in the store. It, they're selling other people's products. It's very much around get them in, get them out. It's about having distribution available locally so people can, can do click and collect. It's a very, very different store um, compared to going into a jewellery business so something like boodles or goldsmiths or or those or beaverbrooks and you know, if you go into those stores compare going into Screwfix direct to the jewellery business like a goldsmith it's a totally different experience it it is an experience walking into a, a jewellery business like that you know if someone greets you at the door and you know they 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 you know you book an appointment with them and they go through a whole consultation with you and it's you know and, and they find out what you love what you like and it's a, it's a totally immersive, different experience, quite rightly, because that suits where the buyer is. Whereas the screw direct is, I don't want to bloody talk to somebody. I want to get in, get out quick as I can, because I've got a problem to solve and I need, I need, that, I need that part to solve that problem. And mm-hmm. there, is a, there is a notion that in e-commerce – and I've seen it on both sides over the years. I think we've both seen this, that we've had businesses that should be selling nuts and bolts and they should be focusing on that type of business. And they're designing their website like it's a, um, you know, a, 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 an emotional fashion business selling a dress for £1,000 um, mm-hmm. or, or, or you know, a luxury watch brand. That literally happened we were doing a design consultation with a business selling um, basically trolley wheels and casters and, and uh, things for very, very like nuts and bolts type stuff. And mm. they were show, they said we want it to look like this Rolex watches website. Mm. And, and we were like, hang on, hang on, there's a mismatch here. This, you know, this isn't where, you know, where it is. And I've seen it on the other side where I've seen businesses that should be than selling luxury aspirational lifestyle products that are high average order value, very emotional, really need to increase the desirability. And their site is laid out like they're selling nuts and bolts and screw fits Direct. Um, so I've seen it on both sides and it's, it's very, very important. And when you walk down the high street, it's so obvious and everybody knows what to expect and they know what the experience is, whereas it comes online. It, it doesn't get talked about. And it's the feeling that it's, you know, wh- you know, one app is going to improve conversion rate. And we've seen it through split testing that actually certain things on one site will decrease conversion rate on another.
0: And that's mm. all about,
1: because it's all about the type of e-commerce business they have and the type of customer.
0: Yeah, I think another thing that I've noticed is because I've met a lot of e-commerce consultants over the years who have had a success in, in in one industry or one website and they come out, I mean, it was a bit like um, Mr. Lloyd used to say, our headmaster at Springcroft when we were kids, he would always talk the story about the, the, the elephant and they'd just seen the trunk of the elephant or the you know, the blind men touching the elephant trunk and the the, the legs. And it, it, I sit at tables with e-commerce consultants, and you know, my friend who runs a fishing shop, he'll he'll say, "Oh, e-commerce is all about having the lowest price and have availability." And then the, then the other person next to him will be like, "Oh no, 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 it's about having big images. And it's you can very easily think e-commerce is what you know it is if you've had one or two successes in a very similar industry. And that can be dangerous. We've seen you know, some of our clients hired very big hires from other businesses and plonk them into their business. And they tried to bring that size of, of e-commerce into a into different business. And it, and it, it spe- failed spectacularly because it just wasn't there. So what we're trying to do with this podcast here is just go through some of the key characteristics that change the type of site that you've got and give examples of um, some of our own clients or some big, big people that people will know of. So the first characteristic that will change this um, will be high or low average order value. Um, so if you've got a high average order value, it, you're gonna have a different site experience than if you have a low average order value. So take someone selling furniture, Oak furniture land, versus someone selling content lenses. So it's going to be, uh, it, the size of the sale dictates how the site is set up. You know, a big sale for a piece of furniture is a considered purchase, which is strung out over many weeks, probably sometimes. Um, and it needs to have a lot of information, It leads to, there's no spontaneousness. There's, you've got to capture the email. You've got to warm them up. You've got to have a, um, a, a way of um, being able to, understand that there are maybe on multiple devices and there might be a few other people being talked to, and you've got to be able to share the link with people. And you've almost got to build a hub around a piece of furniture for everybody to kind of collaborate mm. and decide that they want that. Whereas if you're selling content lenses, it's very much about the individual getting what they want. They know the ones that the content lenses, they, they buy normally at maybe it's AccuView content lenses. And it's like yes, they've got them. They've got a reasonable chart price. There's an offer on today. I'm going to get them. It's got my prescription. I can be confident they're going to get there on time. There's different things that way y- you would do it. Which yeah. um, and it, and it, you know having the same theme for both those sites isn't isn't going to work. I mean, so
1: gen- generally, the you know the higher the average order value, the more of a considered purchase it is, and the hot, the further you have to go into increasing desirability or convincibility. Um, you know than the lower average order value, but but actually, Mark, you know what I think? I think we've probably done it in slightly the wrong order, and we don't have to. We, let's not. We'll, we'll carry on. So uh, yeah, there's there's a, there's a couple of things that I think are overarching. Before we get into uh, the different types, just it's worth saying there's a couple of there's there's two things that are really really important because they influence everything. The first one is, are you selling products that are exclusive to you? i.e. they can't buy them anywhere else. You can only get them from your site um, versus if you're selling products that people can buy from anywhere. That is probably the first most significant thing that you've got to find out, because. If you're selling products that people can buy anywhere, the main primary focus is to get them to buy from you, not somebody else. So, you know, they, if they, and they tend to, in most cases, certainly on their initial purchase, they tend to know what they want before they come to your site because the, the because these brands that you're selling like are big. You know, they remember that the, the desirability or convinceability is already there in the most case if you're selling other people's products because they've marketed them they're out in the world there's lots of reviews there's, com- you know, there's, there's comparison on youtube there's lots of you know content around people have people have oh yes i want that 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 lawnmower or that whatever hedge trimmer i'm then going to go and google that hedge trimmer i'm going to go and try and find it from the right person now that does that, that i'm massively simplifying it but i think you've got to consider whether or not you're selling your own exclusive products or you're selling other people's products. Because if you're selling your own exclusive products, then you need to go into things in a lot more depth, Primari- primarily because you have no convincibility or desirability already there. You've got to create that desirability or convincibility. And uh, and and then that brings me on to the second. Thing element that overarches everything is: Are you selling a problem-solving purchase or an emotional purchase? And that's the second most significant thing that overarches everything else. That touches average order value, lifetime customer value, type of customer, etc., etc. Because if you're selling a a desirable a, 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 spont- a an emotional product, it's about increasing desirability. If you're selling a problem-solving product. It's about convincibility. So let me give you an example. A, a, um, a, a, an emotional product would be a, a dress for an occasion. Maybe you're going, maybe you going to the, the races and you want a nice dress. That is a that's an emotional play. It's a lifestyle element. It's about desirability. And it might be a problem, but you don't shop in the way that it's a problem. So a problem-solving purchase. Be a rational problem-solving person would be something like a um, uh, you know a, 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 a nut and bolt, you know, something to fix a job in a car. So okay, best example: car battery. I can't think of a better example. Keep using that example, but that's about convincability. You've got to. You, you, it's not about adding desirability for that car battery. It's about convincability that that product is going to get the job done. And so that so if you're selling your own products you've got to really understand how you add convincibility or how you do add desirability and then and those two key themes so at this moment in time let's assume that you are um you're, you are selling your own products and it's a problem solving type of purchase so no one can get these products anywhere else and it's your own product you've got to add convinceability to that site to make people buy. If you're selling other people's products, but it was a problem-solving rational purchase, the convinceability is already there often. And so the job always is to get them to buy from you, not somewhere else. And it's the same if you're selling other people's products, but it's a desirable, aspirational, emotional purchase, the, it's, and you, it's all that's still already there because it's you're selling other people's products you, your job then is still to get them to buy from you mm. if that makes sense so just that for that examples. yeah
0: samples of selling like people we work with is selling his own products so smart home sounds is, is a good example of that so he was selling Sonos products so he, yeah and he's not selling his own products he's selling someone, selling someone else's products, products. Selling Sonos. And so therefore, yeah. he needs to make sure they buy from him rather than someone else. And the way he did yeah. that was with making sure he was seen as a, as a as a guru on YouTube around Sonos, so people that were buying from an expert. So if they had any problems with it, they knew if they went back to him, he'd give them the best setup. And also he had extended warranties and different ways to kind of make sure they bought it from him rather than someone else. So another client, uh, the Golf Shop Online, they're obviously selling golf products. So they know it's very much about price and availability and speed of delivery because you know it's all about getting that you know driver that they've decided to buy to them as quickly as possible because once people want it they want it very quickly because it's something yeah. they want to have in their life whereas a client selling their own products probably one of our um ones we talk about quite a bit is brook taverner so they sell men's wets, their own clothing so it's much more about convincing them to buy that item from Brook Taverner before um, they actually actually decide to actually go and check out with it. So they don't come to Brook Taverner going, "Oh, I'm going to buy that jacket because I want a Brook Taverner jacket because I haven't heard about it." We have to do that as they're buying it. And so the other one, like problem solving in the like a client of ours doing that is like GSF Car Parts, big big car company selling all kinds of parts. Everybody's coming there with like Ford, Ford Escort. They want to service them the vehicle we know that we get them into the right place and the right parts of them and we get them checked out as quickly as possible. Ford escort
1: you know... <laughs> I you're 30 years out of date.
0: <laughs> they still sell a lot of Ford escort parts. People still have to do them. it's probably one of the only cars that you can actually still service yourself. You know it's probably like back then. Okay um, and it, versus an emotion emotional one would probably be someone like um like Lillard hair products, hair, hair mm. extensions, or the White Company, or something like that. So, yeah. you know, it, it, that's kind of how we'd look at it from, from first. And then, you know, there's, there's then nuances to that. So that's the main switches where we start thinking yeah. about how they're doing. So the other one is, well, the next one on our list is, is number of products per order. So, you know, just ingredients. So, you know, they sell herbs and spices. And... You know, people tend to buy four or five herbs and spices at any one time. They don't just come on and get some peppercorns. It's not really worth them doing it online. So they'll actually go and get a few things. Maybe they're going to make a curry paste or something like that, and buy them all together. So it's about bundling things around a theme. It's about getting people around the website very quickly and saying, "Well, if you're buying this, you probably want this." Versus someone like you know Forever Unique, who sell dresses. Um, you know more about Forever Unique, Ian, because you you work with them more than I do. So Yeah, it was well, always one product.
1: Yeah they, were, yeah, they were only ever buying one thing. They were buying a dress for a special occasion um, and they only ever bought one. I mean, uh, and, and, you know, and obviously, you know, the average, the average, I mean, obviously it falls under average order value, but the average amount of products per order tends to be one and a half, which obviously is a weird number. So it's le- It's between one and two. Um, but some businesses, so if you have more than two, Items per order. Naturally, you're way above average, and therefore you go with that flow of the river. You know, you make that easier. People obviously want to buy more than one product mm. per their order, and and so forth so you so you 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 know, your flow through the website should be doing that. You can be much, you can do much more upselling. You can do supersize me. You can do three for two. You can do mix and match. You can do multi buys. You can do four for a hundred. You know, you can really go and push that quite freely without eff- affecting conversion rate. Whereas somebody like Forever Unique, who was only ever overwhelmingly one piece, one item, which is mm. a fairly high average order value, like sort of maybe two, two three hundred pounds. Um, you know, if you tried to do any upselling, you sometimes could. But that you could stop conversion rate. You could lower Mm. conversion rate because you I mean, the the simple thing for that is that when you add to basket on that site, it should take you straight to the basket and not leave you on the product page because it's taking you one step further. But on on a site like Just Ingredients, um, you would you would never take them to the basket. You imagine if, you know, the the most extreme example is your home shopping for your supermarkets. You're buying, you know, 100 different things. If you if people if people went from the category to the basket every time it forced them to go to the basket, they would where they were.
0: That It'd be like a taking them to the uh, till and be like, yeah, "Yes, got, it would." Got, got a got a carrot. Okay, now you need to go to the till and yeah, then drop it off it at the till, and come back and get what you need. I'd come back. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's <It'd just> <laughs> a like, very good analogy. Ridiculous. Yeah. So, yeah, it, 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 it kind of starts. to, I mean, not only that, but like. If people buy five items, you need to design the size of our five items. If people tend to buy two items together, then rather than upselling them five different items, you want to upsell them the main thing that you're probably gonna get. Because if you give them a paradox of choice when they actually only have to one other thing, they probably won't do it. They'll thinking, yeah. Oh, there's other products out, I can't be bothered. If you say most people who buy this, buy this product, you know and, you've got two. And, like, they, it, and it's gonna be get taken up so much more. It does and
1: also and also I think often um, you find that if people do buy again, so if they buy more than one product, it can be the same product again. So yeah. you can and you can see this in the This is something we see quite a lot, isn't it? That we see actually that was the total number of items was X, but unique you know, products was Y. So sometimes it can show that people buy the same product twice. And that's quite interesting because that's the easiest upsell of them all. It's just getting to yeah. buy the same thing again for, for, yeah. for less. I mean, I know uh, men's fashion, that's, that's kind of what happens. You know, people buy a you navy know, blue jumper and they say, oh, I'll we'll buy a second one for half price. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, because
0: they buy the same stuff. When they've got something they like, it's like, you know, yeah. Steve Jobs you just have the same jumper in your cupboard yeah. over and you're covered over and over again. And uh, Dude, I know some... <laughs> Some of well, our clients, they said, "No, that won't work." They don't want the same, and they're like, "Yeah, they do. It worked, yeah. didn't it?" Yeah,
1: yeah, it yeah. often does, and sometimes it's from the same category too. So we were working with a chat, a baby wear uh, brand, and they were they were not getting the so so. Let's like it's a you know pair of leggings. They were not getting the same leggings, but they were getting more leggings. So when when they did a three for two. Um, they were, they wanted to buy other because they're coming in to buy leggings for their kid, and they um, mm. they 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 would they would buy different patterns, but they would only buy leggings. They would if we tried to sell them a top, they weren't interested in the top. They wanted the leggings, and that's yeah, a, yeah. You know, an example. It's the so job have to be to, done,
0: isn't it? Around yeah, it is.
1: Yeah, yeah, I understand. Yeah. I mean, babe, with all of this, you've got to get into the head of the customer when they start their journey. You've got to be where they are. And mm. actually that comes on to one of the other ones, isn't it, that we've got, which is to, to you know, do, do people know what they need? Um mm. and some people know some people know come to the site know exactly what they need, some people don't know what they need. Um and that'd be where and that, that's something that's come up quite a lot in the last month for me, actually, is where you're taking people to a site that's that's quite complicated. We have a site selling um skirting boards and things like that. And we have another site selling um what like wire fencing, and there's like hundreds of products on these websites and people come to the site knowing that they have a job to do, but they don't know what product they need to do that job mm. and they literally they, they, it's like a paradox of choice and you know some businesses people know exactly what they want it's as... Far as but, you know, where this would manifest itself, it would show itself in a lower add-to-basket stat. That's where it would show. Yeah. You know, that people would yeah. literally get to that, oh, my God, I don't know where to start. And that's where you need to help them along that journey. So the way to
0: understand that is how knowledgeable is the customer? Yeah. So, you know, have they bought this many times before? So if they're buying a carton of milk or something like that, it's like, oh, I've bought a carton, I can buy this over and over again. Whereas if they're buying a home safe, then... It, it, often the people who buy home safes, they're buying one. They've never bought one before, and they probably won't buy one again. It, you know, it's safe is going to last you for a lifetime. So th- there's no knowledge there with a home safe, where there is with a jumper. If you're buying a jumper, you've bought jumpers before. You just want you know what you like, and you're buying something. So, like we did a podcast on how to bridge to the customer, to where they are in their mind, because when people coming to a home safe site, they know they have a need for a home safe. They just don't know how to get mm. to what they actually want. So it's the same with the, the skirting boards. People know they want skirting boards, but they don't know whether they want yeah. MDF skirting boards or wood skirting boards or how they're going to look or what it's going to happen. And the same thing with the wire fence. They what, they know they need to need to fence in their rabbit or fence in their chickens or something like that, but they they don't know that they need to yeah. have this gauge of wire and all that kind of stuff. So we know what they want and we have to bridge to them. But if they you know if, let's say that, that everybody had chicken coops and everybody knew about chicken wire and, and and the chicken wire only lasted a week, then when your people came to the site, you wouldn't have to educate them. They would just go straight to like 40 gorge wire, two meters, and that's just what they'd buy because they was, the knowledge was there. So it, it's very important for you to understand how knowledgeable the customer is because they'll buy from the people that make that easy for them to, to get there. So that's a key one, how knowledgeable the, is the customer. Yeah. Just, go,
1: just, go back to, just go back to average order value. For a second, yeah, because it links into the other. The, the next one is 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 the lifetime customer value. You know, and this is a kind of fundamental one. Is is low repeat versus high repeat.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, so take a business like con- someone selling contact lenses versus somebody selling uh, you know a, a, a designer handbag for seven hundred quid. Actually, that's a, no, let's not use that example because we have a client selling designer handbags. For 700 quid, who's got amazing <laughs> repeat lifetime customer value. Yeah. Which yeah. is just unreal. But well do but, um, do big bits versus
0: love hearts, because they're two clients, yeah, so and bit, got very so, different characteristics.
1: Yeah, we've got a we've got a we've got a client that's selling um vitamins. And obviously the great thing about buying vitamins online is the repeat business is there. Fantastic. You know, it's a. In fact, it's a beautiful type of business because it's it's high margin, um, the 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 and the, the repeat business is there. You can post it out cheap to post. You know, great. That's that's a good business model. Now, low average order value when you're buying vitamins, but high repeat. So that's the, that's that's a business that works, a business that also works is a business that has a high average order value but low repeat so that might be like a like a designer wardrobe so We have clients we have someone selling wardrobes for a thousand pounds they're very designer they're a big brand um and that's fine because the because the average order value is high enough. We have another business that sells um wedding favors and they have a low average order value and low repeat and um, that is a problem. Because if you have a low, low average order value, and low repeat, you know, it, it's very difficult. You have to pay to recruit new customers all the time. And then we don't have the margin of the average order value to do it. Mm-hmm. So that's quite interesting. So it, th- that's a bit more about architecture. But you know, the biggest thing that dictates the lifetime customer value is the products you're selling. So you know if you've got if you have a business that has no Lifetime customer value, you, you really have to start thinking about how we can add elements to the business to, um, to actually get Lifetime customer value up.
0: Yeah, yeah. So there was, a, there was a guy that was selling sheds and that's how he started and then he started mm. adding a lot more things for the garden and things like that to his email list and that worked. Um, but sometimes you can't add a back end to the business and, and, and you have to just m- make the most out of every sale. So you can do post-purchase upsells and you can, you know, have um, offers on the, you know, the, the thank- order thank you page. And you've just got to get as much revenue out of the customer as possible because yeah. you're never going to see them again. So therefore, everything has to be done during that transaction. Yeah. Whereas if you are, you know, selling vitamins you don't want you know you, you, you've got the order but you don't want to annoy the customer as much you want to just kind of give them a nice warm experience so they actually come back and buy over and over yeah. again
1: well you can um, also you can be much more aggressive with your recruitment offer um, can't you if you've got a really good lifetime customer value you can afford to go quite deep and make it such a compelling deal on the first purchase because you know you're going to get these businesses you're basically buying a customer you're not selling a product yeah, you know that's yeah. what you've got to think about it. How much would we pay to acquire that customer, and how much are they worth to us over a lifetime? But generally speaking, just coming back to average order value, the higher the average order value, um, the the more you have to push desirability or convinceability. You have to work yeah. harder, you know, because it's a more of a considered purchase. Because it's the physical fact that it's people are spending more money, so they will spend. Generally, they will spend longer buying something for £500, they will for 50 um, yeah. And I think the other thing which does also, it, it's coming out is that the, the, the higher the average order value, the, t- the, the more loyal the customer tends to be to your e-commerce business because they start to invest more in, in you as a company. Um, mm. they, and they tend to be slightly more loyal. And that's, that's a slight nuance to this. Um, but I know we were having a chat with, um, with Sarah, weren't we, who's selling handbags. And she was saying that the, of the people that spent more on their initial purchase, they're the ones that were more loyal.
0: Yeah,
1: yeah. Isn't she?
0: Well, they want to be she, consistent that, with their actions, don't they? But also, you know, big customers are big customers, aren't they? people who spend big with you are, are better yeah. customers they just they just tend to be now if someone comes on and buys something for 200 pounds they're probably much more likely to buy the things for you know 50 bucks or, or whatever underneath whereas if someone comes on for 50 bucks it's 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 usually harder to kind of ladder them up that yeah. not say that it's impossible but it's just easier to sell other things that are, are the same value or lower than they've done before yeah and i think so the last point that we talk about is is, is brand awareness so like you know ralph Lauren, it's brand recognition people coming to that website with um you know stuff in their head about what the brand represents so i think if you go and look at some of those ralph Lauren or big fashion brands they have some of the worst websites that you've ever experienced. They're just really like big images. I mean, mem- remember back in the day, like maybe five years ago, they were just like flash websites that just yeah. didn't do anything and were just kind of massively loading and really complicated. And it's almost like, you know, if they, if they hadn't got the brand, they wouldn't make any sales at all. You had to kind of like almost wade through the crap to actually buy some stuff. I think they're slightly better than they used mm-hmm. to be now um, then. But um, well, they what we're saying away is... with it a lot.
1: Yeah, what, what we're saying is these, these big brands can get away with a, a, a really odd, weird looking website without putting any social proof or convincibility or desirability there because they don't have to because they've yeah. spent hundreds of millions of pounds over the last X amount of years building their brands. And, you know, it's very, very dangerous to look at a business like that and think I'm going to copy Ralph Lauren's website because if it works yeah. for Ralph Lauren, it's going to work for me. It doesn't. To be it's honest, completely... I've not seen Ralph
0: Lauren's website. I'm not. I've no, it's actually there, all right. But, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but,
1: but, like, but I you think know, je- if,
0: if Sarah ran handbags, if she'd go in and copy, like, Dior's website or someone like that, then, you know, it, it's completely different yeah. for her. It's like she it's has like, to build the brand at like the same saying, time if you looked
1: at Dior's website or, or Ralph Lauren's website, would it work if I'd never heard, if I changed the, all the brand to a mm. brand that I never heard of and tried to run it on Google shopping and Facebook, would it work? No, it wouldn't often. It wouldn't often yeah. because it's sitting behind the brand. They can get away with things. So they don't have to talk about returns policy. They don't have to do in stock decoration. They don't have to do mm. the reassurances the, you know, because everybody knows who they are.
0: Um, So if we could just sum this up, I am just thinking kind of like trying to bring it back to like a high street shop. So on the high street shop, you know, we would, you know, basically how quick people buy the most expensive thing they buy, how how much they're going to buy and how they need to be looked after and the knowledge of what they will start to dictate the shop layout, the physical shop layout. So then online, we need to do the same things because they're going to be going through the process. So but probably the best way to do it before you even think about designing your site is to think about the, you know, getting the person from left to to right. So on the left, they are where they are. They they know what they need. Um, And and they're sitting there on the left hand side, but they don't, they haven't bought anything. And then on the right of the page, you've got them. uh, They know
1: what they know.
0: Yeah. So they know what they know at the beginning and then they buying the product at the end. And then you need to map out how they're going to get from, a to b so you know like let's say it's uh smart home sounds you know like they they know what they want they know this they know they've bought the sonos they want the sonos arc and they go onto google shopping they look for the cheapest price and they look for the people maybe four or five people are selling the cheapest price they go and have a look at the website and they start looking at the warranty and the things like that and then they are convinced that they want to buy from smart home sounds because x y and z so you've mapped that out maybe they'd be doing in the meantime they're doing a little bit of research on whether to get the arc or whether to get the boom or beam or whatever it is. And they see you on YouTube and they come through from that side. So you're mapping that out of what they're doing when they're buying that product. So the same thing with content lenses or furniture or those things, you map out that experience. And then the website is just part of that.
1: And it's put- Think about what your, if your site was, if your e-commerce business was a physical bricks and mortar retail store on the high street, what would it look like?
0: yeah
1: yeah how would you lay and it out
0: also ask yeah. yourself what would it not look like what yeah. would you not what would you not do that, that other people do what would be un, um you know if you had a shoe shop on the high street what would you not do in a shoe shop you would um you, you wouldn't set it up like a gsf car parts where people have to go up to the counter and ask questions you'd have it them coming to you so you could sit down and try on the shoes Yeah,
1: it's very visual one and people, yeah. you, you can see all the shoes all together. So that, that would be yeah. what we would call website flow. So you wouldn't have one pair of shoes on its own on a wall. Um, and that would yeah. be the equivalent if, if the people land on that from, from Google Shop and land on that product page, and it's a product page, it's a dead end page. They can't see any other shoes. You'd see all sorts yeah. of similar shoes together. And that would be, yeah. so the website needs to flow um, beautifully. It's product so discovery, people, isn't
0: it? you, you yeah. have to see with your eyes, you have to shop with your eyes, where if it's car, car part, it's gonna be something that's inside your car, you're not gonna know what it is, but you know what it needs to do. But so you yeah. kind of tell them that, and then they give you that, and you don't really care what it looks like. It's like, oh, that's the that's the bracket that goes underneath the thing that I need, that's fine, whatever it is, as long as it fits the car, I'm fine. So it's about that experience, mapping out that customer journey, the customer experience, these psychological triggers that are going to make them buy from you rather than someone else and making sure that is placed in their path. And that website will then look very different than if you were selling something else. And it shouldn't, you shouldn't, the, the trouble is with going to designer to ask them to design a site is the designer will design a nice looking site and the design will be done from static pages. Like here's your homepage, here's your product page, and here's your category page and here's your checkout. And it's like, well, but it's not, does it tell the story? Does it, does it fit, move the person from the left of the page to the right of the page? Um, because it, it, different purchases have different things that come yeah. through. So I, I guess that the purpose of this podcast was just to really kind of get people thinking about whether they have the right website for the right job that they're trying to do and, and bringing people to there. And it might be the case that nobody's doing it well in your industry. Maybe, maybe people are missing the key points and think about it as if you were a physical retailer of what you do to your site differently in your shop differently than you would do it in something else and start to kind of bring and bridge to the customer. We've done a good podcast on bridge, bridging to the customer. We've done yeah. a good podcast on selling your own products or other people's. So diving into those based yeah. on what we've I talked have, about here and have I a listen to some of those more other ones in more depth.
1: Yeah, I think the, the, the key, I think if you're selling other people's products, um, I think the key, the key one is that podcast, but the, one of the key things is the market square test that we, that we talk about. And that's about going, imagine you're, you're existing in a market square, and everyone on that market square is selling the same stuff that you are, and go and survey them and go and say, well, what's their returns policy? What's their price? How long does it take to get delivered? How much is delivery? Is the next day delivery? Is there interest-free payments? You know, mm-hmm. what, what's their guarantee? Is there a price match? You know, do, do they have PayPal? Like, go and look at all of it and put yeah. it into a little matrix and and compare yourself against what this everyone else in that market square.
0: And also, don't let an agency tell you how your website should look. Go in there as the retailer with experience, knowing your customers and say, this is the flow that I need it yeah. to be because the agency is unlikely to know how it should work for your website you are going to be so much closer to your customers than they are and they'll give you a nice looking website but we've seen time and time again when a conversion rate agency or an agency's got involved and they just designed a website that should have worked but it didn't so mm. at the end of the day it's you can't kind of like plug your umbilical cord into an agency and expect them to do everything for you you've got to come with the knowledge you say well i must have this flow and i must have this because people tend to buy tw- Tw- two items not three items yeah. you've got to come with that knowledge and then say, i think this is what i want
1: that's the that's is the why. key is that you that you as store owners or e-commerce directors or e-commerce managers you will know your customers better than anyone right now so you have to, you have to champion that and then the technology fits around your customer knowledge
0: yeah
1: not the other way around
0: so, okay anyway yeah, let's, 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 let's finish it there. I think we've done a lot of points. If you do have any questions for us, um, we have a, a free Facebook group that goes along with the book. Um, so you're welcome to ask us questions in there um, or there's a chatbot on the uh, podcast page. Uh, hit us up. Um, I'm not sure if I'll see it right away because I might be asleep when you're awake, but um, we'll get back to you as soon as we can. Any questions? And uh, yeah, we'll speak to you next week. Thank you very much. Awesome.